0: Do we see you at Groundsworld this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Beuzeau, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food. This is a special dedicated series on transition finance. Why are we recording this series? Many farmers are ready to speed up their regenerative transition. They've looked for learning, done the courses, read the key books, hosted the gurus on their farms, explored farm-sized regenerative designs and most importantly, started their pilots and feedback loops. This is where transition finance is key. A local bank loan often isn't feasible because of the short duration, lack of flexibility and the farmers lack of collateral. Furthermore, there's a limit of how much equity a farmer is able or willing to give away. That is why my co-host aspiring to be regenerative farmer, Benedict Bosel and I are embarking on a journey to find out what are the key principles of transition finance for regenerative farmers. We are interviewing leading practitioners in the regenerative agriculture and food finance space. They share their insights how they would finance the speed up of the regenerative transition on Benedict's 1,000 hectares, which is almost 2,500 acres, farm in Germany, close to Berlin. This is an open process. We are sharing our lessons through the podcast episodes as we go along. We don't have the answers yet, just a lot of questions. So please share with us any examples of transition finance you've seen, other inspiration, people to interview, etc. Get in touch via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. That is, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. I want to ask you a bit on the vision of the farm, but actually beyond the farm, because you, you look in general, you look beyond things. So you found it is the good embezzle. Can you explain a bit what that is <laughs> and what your beyond farming vision entails? Um, Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Basically, so the idea is because we are situated one hour east of Berlin, we obviously have quite a good connectivity for people that, you know, who are interested in those kind of, uh, yeah, those kind of questions that we work on. And, And as I said, like you know i believe that the role of us as farmers is is far beyond what, what we today think of you know it's not only primary production it is and it can be so many more fascinating things so we have a well we we framed a name so to say for that concept which we call beyond farming which really consists of three different parts it's it's beyond sustainability which is of course you know the the whole idea of saying well we don't want to just sustain you know we want to make it better so we find, or we're looking for, uh, different forms of of multifunctional land use models, and bring them here on our challenging environment with the low precipitation and and the, and the sandy soil. Test them here, develop them here, and see how they can be done in a way that they are socially, ecologically, and, and, and economically, let's say, beneficial. So that is one part. Um, bring in those different you know lines of thought, I guess, from regenerative agriculture just to show you
0: know what is possible and whatnot on a large scale like a large commercial farm i think that's often forgotten because often this research is done either in universities or, or other places that that maybe not have to focus on profitability or need to have it because i mean they have people to pay or you have people to pay so there's this interesting the farm as a platform or the land as a platform but within certain boundaries and certain i mean within the normal let's say farming between brackets normal farming system
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good point i think you know in order to really be part of a, of a paradigm that is being changed or or to work into that we can only make sure that it is applicable if we can scale it and if it is economically feasible right so you can think about ecological and social benefits um, all you want. You need to find, obviously, a way that, that you can, as a farmer, earn, earn a good income from it and, and be sustainable from an economic point of view. So, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, you have to bring it into the real context of being included or yeah, even like a, a big part of running the farm or being, you know, the farm business. So, yeah, we're we'll try to, to scale it up. At the same time, obviously, there's, you know, so much knowledge to be captured, so much, let's say, learnings to be made that, you know, a way for us is also to have people come in that either are skilled in that area already or that, um, let's say, do a a monitoring of it, be it NGOs, be it uh, scientific groups, be it uh, universities. To make sure that you can actually capture all the experience and the learnings that that you see and i mean th- there's just so many right
0: yeah, sorry i interrupted your beyond uh the, the three points
1: of beyond we're still at beyond <laughs> yeah. sustainability <laughs> uh, yeah i was going to come back to that but uh, <laughs> thank you for that no so that's really you know that's the whole beyond sustainability part then on another note we we have we always say beyond food because i think to bring in, let's say, the public, to bring in uh, also politicians, to bring in many people who are often, you know, talking about agriculture, let's say, without really being aware of it in that instance, or who talk about food but don't think about agriculture. I think you it's always a, um, important to find a good, like you have to speak their language, right? And coming too much, let's say, from the agriculture angle, I think many are not yet there to understand that link between the two. So when we have guests, when we have visitors, when we are somewhere invited to talk somewhere, then we always come from, let's say, the food angle. And so, yeah, start the conversation on food and then move them into agriculture and and try to uh, yeah establish a feeling of why the two are so strongly interconnected, why soil health has to do with plant health, human health, animal health, and I think it's a good way of, of starting a conversation and making people interested about you know agriculture as such, because it is so strongly linked to emotions that you always have to yeah find a way how they can open themselves up for
0: something that uh, start a discussion without exactly, polarizing uh, it immediately and, and exactly because you lose people very quickly which uh, or farmers in general I mean uh, you you lose people in general very quickly in in these topics especially on animal agriculture, especially on, on GMOs, especially on the big chemical companies. I mean, they're very, rightfully so, very touchy subjects.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: But food is something we all do. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great way, a great segue into, yeah, not starting to talk about soil immediately, which we usually do, uh, but yeah. maybe it's not <laughs> the best way is maybe to, to talk about food and how, how that came from soil and, and, and the importance and the challenges and the opportunities.
1: Yeah, um, exactly that. And I think, you know, when we have um, uh, visitors or or friends even here, one of the first things I always say is that I want them to be as honest and open as they possibly can, because I tell them what I think and I tell them, you know, all my thoughts and ideas and feelings and whatnot. And, you know, if you have people visiting and them not being open, not asking questions, even if they think, you know, it might be a question that I don't want to hear. Um, you will never touch that, you know, those points, those emotions that you actually need to touch upon if you want to get into a real discussion and if you even might want to change something either in yourself or, or in the one you're talking to. So, and I think food is, is something where, you know, you, you can, you can find that level quite, quite easily and then move on uh, to more complicated. To, to more complicated matters so that's that part um and the third is is basically what we call beyond business or beyond farm business really because being let's say an actor in, in the rural area and, and obviously having let's say that the land that you're managing the forest that you're managing a lot of infrastructure that goes with it you know it's it's also there it's not only primary production like we we always understand ourselves also as a platform so we we work together with different startups that we you know, assign certain fields from or we use their technology or use their product. So we, we try to bring in some value for them. Um, at the same time, basically, we um, lease land to um, a couple that is starting a market garden now. And then the land that we're leasing uh, is, is for us actually not too good to, um, to cultivate. But for them, it's everything, right? So there's huge potential in that. And also there are some synergies but it goes beyond that it goes through basically educating people right i mean uh, you could invite schools you can invite other kids to say look um, you know just use the use the land for for educating use the land for for all kinds of things uh, and it either uh, it it either goes beyond that um, thinking about art um, thinking about yeah, different alternative models of 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 Tell me about the
0: gigantic root system that you had, yeah. had 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 arrived on your farm yeah. as part of an art project.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll upload a photo of that. But basically, so we have this. Uh, basically, the area where we live here and where we farm is pretty much where the war ended. Um, and uh, so all the old oak trees, I mean, they have you know they've seen it all in, in a way. And next year in spring, we are celebrating the seventy fifth anniversary of the ending of the war and for the
0: international, the
1: second world war we're talking about exactly exactly and we met this artist who's always been you know involved in uh, in history german history and also working with wood and i said man what do you think about doing something together i would love to do some sort of art project and um, so we thought about that idea and, and and went back and forth and he said don't you have an old root of an of, a, of an oak? Uh, and I, I was like, yeah, of course we have plenty of those. So we found this huge oak root, which is I don't know five six meters wide, and, and the tree is, is estimated to be around two hundred years old. So basically, we took it out of the out of the earth um, and carried it on uh, <laughs> on the estate, and now it's there to dry. And next year we'll we're, uh, we're hoping to be able to put it in 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 front of the or on the stairs of the Reichstag um, in Berlin and uh, the 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 art curatorium of the Bundestag will will discuss it and and think about it in January
0: I think so fingers Which is crossed. the parliament building of of Berlin right mean, yeah that will be exactly. a nice symbol yeah getting getting the roots whatever I've seen it it's I mean we'll put a picture it's absolutely massive <laughs> and as it should be as a, it's a 200 plus year old tree but still it's it's very impressive to see the full or a big part of the, the root system uh, above ground and not in the soil.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And I mean, I think also, I mean, the root is something that, you know, many people often don't think about. And if you see that structure, I mean, it's just fascinating. I mean, it's really, you know, changing your look on things. And I think that is really something that we have to do on such a great scale. And that is, I think, why art takes, or has to have such a huge part of that whole discussion we have today about you know changing the way we think about ecosystems changing the way we think about certain let's say economic processes the setup of companies I mean that is all somehow involved with with the horizon at least of the yeah
0: I think in, in terms of art and education uh, there's an enormous role to make things visible like the root system to make regenec visible to make the damages of the current system visible to make the potential and the imagination I think it's uh, there's a huge role for that and uh, something with like, the aesthetics of things and the taste of things I think are very closely connected and, and make all of these discussions just a lot easier and a lot more fascinating honestly. And I want to shift gears to we're going to be extremely practical we're going to uh, unpack a bit the, the farm and we already mentioned a few things but I want to start with a question actually why are you spending your time on a Friday afternoon to start on on what could be quite a, a, an extensive journey to explore transition finance, not only for your farm, but actually the principles of transition finance for many other farmers, let's say in Europe, but also actually outside Europe. What what made you choose to take on next to all the, the farming, the root systems we discussed before to take on another project?
1: That's a good question. And, and um, one that, that I've heard before, I guess. <laughs> But um, when it comes to this podcast and the whole question of transitioning finance, I think, you know, there's so many young people, there's so many progressive thinkers, there's so many progressive farmers that are, you know, realizing the situation that they're in. Obviously, there's some, you know, that are fighting to somehow stay alive, uh, not only the farm, but the families, the work, you know, the passion that they have, the love that they have for farming. And I think those are confronted with, incredible problems and incredible let's say tasks ahead so there's that whole group of people who are pretty much forced to find a new way i mean they're running out of options and i think for them transition financing in a way that still gives them enough flexibility that gives them enough freedom that gives them the child also let's say from a psychological point really a time to adapt time to think about new ways time to yeah widen the horizon I think that is, you know, a huge area for people who are, you Could know, passionate about agriculture. Yeah. Exactly. And and they really need it. So that's one part. And I think another part is of people saying uh, and realizing, wow, there is this whole new paradigm of agriculture, a new paradigm of coping with agricultural land, of cultivating land. There's a whole new meaningfulness of doing agriculture and I want to get involved. I I have me and my friends, I don't know, want to get involved. How do we do that? How can we get into that? How can we start? How can we, you know, get going? So for those people and those potential also new farmers, I think they are exactly at that point where they say, well, how can I actually start? Because not having the land, not... Being in in that industry already, it's close to impossible to get going. And then there is a third group, which I guess I, I, I kind of consider myself a part of, that is, you know, already farming, maybe also faced with a couple of potential difficulties, but also incredibly interested to develop further, to to go new ways, and and at the same time seeing the incredible potential of it, but at the same time having. A certain responsibility towards employees, towards family, towards maybe oneself, but also obviously towards the land. And I think that group is also saying, well, you know, we've read all the books. We know, let's say the characteristics, we see the potential, we want to do it. We believe we can, you know, hit a market. Yeah. Yeah, we've done the pilots. We're ready to go. But, you know, obviously there's incredible risks involved. So... I guess there's three different kind of groups there's probably many more but like for me there's like the large those large groups which are all yeah capable and and willing to move into that and just because yeah there's there's so many people considering it but all of which have to kind of Go in in unused waters. How do you say it? Untapped waters. Uh,
0: uh, in unknown waters. Yeah. <laughs> in un- yeah exactly. And, but still, I mean, it comes back to it, it. Still, doesn't mean you have to do this. So I want to definitely thank you for your time and that we're we're gonna explore. Thank you for listening to this episode, which is part of the Transition Finance series, trying to find appropriate transition finance to speed up regenerative agriculture on farms. For feedback, ideas, suggestions, please contact us through Twitter or via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. Please share this episode with a friend and give us a five-star rating, which really helps others to find the podcast. All the episodes of the series can be found on the website and in your podcast app. Thank you and see you next time.